What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Couch Takes Podcast. Uh, we're so excited to have you back here on our new Thursday schedule. What up, and, what up, what uh, up? Yeah, so uh, how you doing today, Andrew? Um, I don't know. I'm a little beat, you know, school and band and all that kind of stuff is catching up with me. Uh, million dollar band stuff? Yeah, million dollar band stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't think you've uh, I don't think you've talked about that on the podcast yet. Uh, you want to talk a little bit a little bit about uh, that? Yeah, yeah, sure, I can. So um, at the University of Alabama, we our band is called the Million Dollar Band, and I play trumpet for them. Uh, this is well, I just passed my second year, um, and then this upcoming year will be my third year. <laughs> Man, you've had a pretty uh, interesting start. Then you've been to both national championship games, right? Yeah, the past two national championships, I've been to both of them. Dude, that's crazy, man. I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about that just in general. Like, I'd love to hear <laughs> about it, man. Uh, which one do you want me to start with? I guess the uh, first one I went to? Sure. Okay, so um, obviously, like as a freshman, I thought it was pretty awesome getting to go to the national championship. It was in Atlanta, Georgia, playing uh, Georgia, University of Georgia. Um I don't know. I felt pretty confident going to, into the game. I thought for sure we were going to come out natty champs. You know, I thought it was going to be pretty awesome. Did not expect it to be, you know, the close game <laughs> that it was. Absolutely um, crazy. No, I did not expect it to end the way it did. Um, I don't know. It was pretty wild. I so, cried. It was like, incredible. <laughs> so what was, like, the protocol there? Was it a lot different than, like, say, a home game for you guys? Like, uh, like, well, yeah, so what happens is, like, they take care of us pretty good. You know, they feed us. They put us up in nice hotels, you know, stuff like that. And then um, we got there, uh, I want to say it was two – no, it was, it was either the day before or two days before the game. And we got there. We just – they let us go do stuff, hang out in um, uh, Atlanta. And then we had practice the day before the game in uh, – I don't even know what high school it was. It was a random high school in Atlanta – probably the coldest practice i've ever been a part of Literally yeah i guess it was freezing January. cold like yeah like we had that. like people like passing out it was so cold outside i mean it was ridiculous and then um after that yeah i mean they the thing that is frustrating about it is like they it's the worst part is they get us to the stadium like before the game hours before the game like hours it was forever so so what do y'all do then we literally sit there and wait. That's it. Like in the stadium, in the back of the stadium, on no, the bus? No, uh, well, we wait on the bus for a while, and then we go into the stadium. And once we get into the stadium, things start moving pretty quickly. We get in the stadium about an hour and a half before game time, and that usually oh, goes yeah. by pretty quick. I, I mean, because you guys do a lot of pregame stuff, don't you? Uh, not at the national championship, no. So what's pregame actually, like no, there? Actually, no, no. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. We did do uh, pregame at the national championship. For a second, I forgot because yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, we did. Um, yeah, we just do pregame like uh, usual, like in Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, we go out there and we do we do a kind of a shortened pregame show because the other team has to do theirs also. So we don't do the full thing, but you know we do like standard like yeah Alabama, and then we make the elephant on the field and stuff like that. So was it? Uh... Like, how different was this one from the last one, or the most uh, previous the, one? The most recent one? Yeah. The most recent one, um, I think I might have enjoyed my time in the city, because it was in California. It was in uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco, right? Yeah, it was in San Francisco, so I think I enjoyed my time in the city leading up to the game a lot more, but obviously... Well, yeah, I mean, like, me and you being 
living so close to Atlanta forever, I mean, there's not as much novelty as going to Atlanta as, say, all the way across the country in San Francisco, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah, they flew us to San Francisco, yeah. uh, which was really, really cool. Um, we got to walk right out on the tarmac, bypass everything, and just get straight on the plane, which was really, really cool. Um, so, obviously, the game was crap. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> it's probably one of the worst experiences of my life, like not even kidding with you. Man, like I, I'm not over exaggerating. It was terrible. I was really, really disappointed because you know, like I was more confident about this one than I was the Georgia one. Yeah, you're a cocky guy, aren't you? Not usually, but since not, I ever okay, whatever. Ever man. since I got to, ever since second and twenty six happened, I've been pretty cocky about the football team. But before that, I was like, <laughs> if you know me, you know I'm superstitious. Like, I'm well. That I take true. that back. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Andrew used to have this black jersey. It was an black Alabama magic. jersey, but it was all black, and he called it Black Magic. Black Magic. And every game that he watched on TV back when he was in high school, he always put it on exactly an hour before the game started and took it off as soon as the game was over. To the second. Yeah, it was... Uh, he, he <laughs> That it was worked. his big superstition. Well... It worked like 95% of the time. No, there was only one game we lost that I wore that jersey. One game. And what was that? That was the Clemson National Championship in 16. Oof. That was the so, first time we had lost that I wore that jersey. Because all the games that we had lost, like in this, like I think I had it for like, I still have it now. It's in my closet, but I don't ever wear it, obviously. So before that, I think there was, we had lost like three times in like four years or something like that and or three or four times in four years and um the the games that we lost all of them were the games that I did not wear the jersey like I'm being dead serious I know it's weird I know a lot of people don't believe in that stuff but I used to be crazy superstitious and I thought it was like I literally thought I was the savior of the Alabama Crimson Tide when I put on that jersey (laughs) so did anything good happen when you were in San Fran um, I mean, yeah, I got to go out to like some really nice restaurants. Um, oh, I got to meet Steve Young. That was super cool. Really? Um, yeah, I got to meet Steve. I have a picture with Steve Young, a picture with, um, no, I didn't get a picture with Tim Tebow, but I got to meet Tim Tebow. And then, uh, Terrell Owens was at the game. I got to say hey to him, but he couldn't take a picture because we were on the sideline and we didn't have time. And then, I got you. uh, Landon Collins was there he was really nice Derek Henry you know like you get to say hey to these guys but you can't like sit down and like interview them you know well, what I mean yeah of course like you can just say hey to them like hey man what's up and they'll they'll talk back to you especially if they see you in Alabama stuff did um I, I know there's a story you've been wanting to tell me about that but I think we uh I think we decided to say <laughs> the podcast okay yeah no so I don't even know like I don't even know if everybody else will think it's funny I think it's funny it was really really weird so it was at the most recent one in California. And so, like I was saying, they let us come out um, on like the tarmac and get straight on the plane. So when we landed in San Francisco, we walked straight out on the tarmac and walked out to our buses. They had buses uh, ready to go for us out on the tarmac, like as soon as we stepped off. And so, obviously, I didn't know who we, we I usually remember the bus drivers like the, to the away games just because, you know, we use the same company. But this was in California, so obviously it had to be a different company. And so I walked up, and I got on the bus. You know, she seemed like a nice lady. I I can't remember her name, so I guess I'll use um, – I think Jill's a good name. So I walked on the bus, and Jill's like, hey, what's up? You know, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. Roll Tide. She didn't know what Roll Tide meant. I had to explain it to her. 
And then, um, so anyway, before we left the tarmac, we're just sitting there. And uh, so I'm from the South. So obviously I have a little bit of a Southern accent. I don't think it's that bad. Other people have told me it's pretty bad. I don't really, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. But so I said something and like I could even hear it when I said it. I knew someone was going to mention it because I said it in like a super Southern twang. And I don't remember what the word was. But, like, everyone started laughing about it. And since this lady's from California, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I don't think my southern accent's that bad. So they're like, okay, ask her. So we asked her, and it turns out she's at, Jill is actually from Canada, not California. I messed oh, okay. up. Yeah, so she's from Canada. I don't know why she's a bus driver for a charter bus company in California now, but super nice lady. Anyway, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, your, your accent's terrible. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. But then, like, I didn't, like, get upset about it. I was just like, oh, okay, well, I mean, at least at least I know, I Wear guess. Wear it with pride, man. Yeah, no, so I didn't care. But then she goes, but, you know, I'm being honest, and this, and I don't mean to be weird, but a lot of girls from the North is going to think it's really cute, and you're not a half-bad-looking man either. And I was like, oh, okay. I did not know what to say to that. So I was just like, oh, okay, you know, thanks, Jill. And then... So the next, I just kind of threw it off. I didn't think much of it. And so the next day we had practice. Um, This is not game day yet. So this would be the day before the game, I guess. Yeah. So the day before the game, we have practice in the morning. Don't know why we did it in the morning, but I guess it doesn't matter. So I'm getting on the bus and she goes, Ooh, there's my Southern cutie. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I (laughs) I was like, good morning, Jill. Like I did not know what to say to that. How, How old's Jill? Jill, if I had to guess, I would say she's probably in her 50s, probably. Like okay. early 50s, early to mid right. 50s is what I would say. So I, I guess 54, probably. So anyway, yeah, so I'm like, okay, whatever. So then, you know, I get off the bus. I don't see her again for the rest of the day. And then the next day, game day, um, like I told you, we get there like super, super early for the game. Um, so I walk up. And I get on the bus, and you know, she like she says the same thing. Ooh, there's my southern cutie. You having a good morning? And I was like, yeah. And I don't even know why. I just I just now realized I just put her in a southern accent, and she was far from a southern accent. I don't know why I said it like that. But anyway, so she we get to the stadium, and um, obviously we're hype. You know, we're excited. We're at the national championship. Hopefully, we're gonna go back to back. Um, spoiler spoiler alert: we didn't. And. We're sitting there, and I'm sitting at the front of the bus, and she asked me if she could take a picture with me, um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I don't mind. So, uh, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. people, not to, like, I'm not trying to, like, act like I'm famous or anything, because I'm no, not, no, like, no. So, not sometimes that. fans just, will ask us. It's just strange. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, so, like, okay, not no, to, no, I'll take this back. From, like, okay, I get it, if, like, a fan wants to take a picture, just kind of like a yeah. festive thing. Kind of like yeah, it doesn't bother the me. Santa Claus at the mall isn't famous, but kids still want a picture with him. I guess exactly. it's the same thing, but kind of yeah, like yeah. an adult version. But no, no, no. What's weird to me is that she didn't even know what Roll Tide was until like the day before. And yeah, yeah, it just yeah, the no, situation it makes it weird. No, it was weird. No, I, that's why I'm telling the story. I thought it was weird. Okay. <laughs> so she was like, "Yeah, um, can I get a picture with you?" So I didn't at the time. To be honest, I didn't think much of it. I didn't. It doesn't get weird till later. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then she was like, okay, now that we've got a picture, I want a picture of the whole, um, like, bus. So, like, everyone, like, leaned out of their seats. And she, like, you know, she goes back to the driver's seat and, like, takes a picture down the whole aisle or whatever. And everyone's smiling or whatever. And then um, 
she was like asking me to, like she still didn't really quite understand what roll tide meant and she wanted and she was posting these pictures on Facebook and she wanted me to explain to her what roll tide was so like when she, like she asked me if she like used it right on her caption you know and so I was like yeah yeah that looks good and then she's like okay check the post make sure it looks okay and I was like okay all four pictures she posted on Facebook were pictures of me and then pictures of me and her the uh, the dude, picture why? of the whole aisle. The only person you could see on the picture was me. Why? That's I don't know. <laughs> it's Jill. I don't know. I don't don't even. She's probably never gonna listen to this. But if she's you do, what was what no. was up? What was up, Jill? I don't know what I did. Don't know. I don't know. It, it was the strangest thing. But anyway, I thought it was pretty funny. I guess. Oh, dude, that's, that's probably hilarious. I'm just creeped out. You no, know, it was a highlight of my trip. I, I I'll be something I'll never forget. <laughs> Yeah, not playing in front of thousands of people. Facebook posts. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to try and erase every memory of that game. I've actually got a pretty funny story about uh, one of my national championship experiences. It was the one, it was the game against Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. (laughs) Yeah, the good one. Yeah, sure. So, so Andrew was at the game, obviously, but I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a college student. I go to North Alabama and. There's no way I'm making it to this game. So I go home, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'll watch it with my buddies. So I'm there with my buddy Colby and my buddy Nick, who is Andrew's roommate. So yep. we're watching it at my house. It's just us. And Colby shows up with fireworks, and I was like, dude, you're going to jinx this. I'm kind of like Andrew. I'm not superstitious, but that's I, still, I don't like you're, it. You're a little stitious. Sure, we'll say that. So... I was like, Colby, you put that back in the truck. We're not going to deal with that. The game goes on. Obviously, you know, things are going not great. And I look at Colby, and I was like, this is your fault, man. So, oh, yeah. yada, we, yada, we yada, everything happens. We thought it was over. Oh, yeah. So, everything happens, second to 26, overtime. Boom, we win the game, right? We're absolutely floored. We can't believe it. Me and Nick literally collapse on the floor, just like, you know, embracing each other like this is insane. And I look up, and Colby is sprinting up the stairs to get back to <laughs> the front door. And I go, oh. I can just see him doing I that. Went, I went, oh, no. No. Like, he's going to go. He's going to get the fireworks. And I live in, like, a suburb. And all the houses are pretty close together. And it, we just, not all of our neighbors, but some of our neighbors, I feel like, are the type that would call the police yeah. If they shot off fireworks, so I was like, I don't want to deal with that, so I'm going to go get Colby. So I run after him. I get out in the front yard. He's literally, he has the lighter, and he's going to light the fireworks. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Colby, stop that. And and he's like, what? I was like, dude, if you're going to do it, we got to do it off uh, the, this dam that's in our neighborhood that's holding back this lake, <laughs> right? So I was like, good God, whatever. So, so Colby runs over. Uh, we all get in Colby's truck. And we say, all right, let's... No, 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 this was before that. We we go, and I meet him over there in my car. Me and Nick take my car. Colby takes his truck. Okay? I don't know yeah. why we did it that way, but we did. And we go, and Colby runs out to the middle of this dam, lights off all these fireworks. And then we're like, all right, sounds good. We're going to go get some t-shirts from Academy. You know, get... Uh, Natty and, Champs, uh, baby. Yeah, you know, it's just fun time, festive. So we drive back to my house to so we can just get in one car. And I stop for a second, and I go, I'm really hoarse right now. I'm going to go get some water. So I grab three bottles of water, and that might have saved us, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we all get in Colby's truck, and, you know, we're just, 
We're going down the interstate. We're celebrating. Oh we're all happy. Did you start a forest fire? No, we didn't start a forest fire. Although Colby, he did put the fireworks that were already we used. He chunked them mm-hmm. in the back of his truck. Okay. Okay. We're going down the interstate, and Nick looks back and goes, "Uh, uh, Colby." And we go, what? He said, turn around. And we turn around, and there is literally, I'm not exaggerating, okay, at least a seven-foot tornado of fire in the back of Colby's truck going down oh my God, Interstate dude. 59. And it's, I mean, I'm talking, it's swirling, and it's huge. So I guess, like, the coals from this fireworks got hot, and the air was circulating back there, and it just, mm-hmm. but here's the thing is, Colby, it, like, he had all this junk in the back of his truck. Yeah. Like stuff he's going to take to the scrapyard. So I was like, who knows what's back there that could be flammable or whatever. So we go, you know, crap. So we pull over on the side of the interstate, swing the doors open, and luckily we had those bottles of water, and we mm-hmm. put it out with that. And then we're like, and I was like, now what? And then <laughs> Colby's like, get back in the truck. We're going to Academy. So <laughs> we got to get some t-shirts. <laughs> so that's exactly what we did. So that was uh, that was my night. That's hilarious, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I know we. I, I don't go know. ahead. Uh, you were saying, you know, it was like a tornado of fire, dude. That's like literally what it felt like when Tua threw that pass. Like <laughs> inside of us, we were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, dude, it was insane. That's definitely. I'll never forget that for sure. I was just watching on TV, and I won't forget it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, dude, it was crazy. It it was an incredible game to be at, and um, probably the best game I've ever been to. So I know we've kind of danced around sports at the beginning of this episode, but um, a lot of big stuff's been going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the beginning of the tampering period for free agency in the NFL, and there have been some huge names go places, man. I'm yes. sure you've been keeping up with it as closely as I have. Yeah, I've got a, I got a list of the more notable ones right here. Oh, cool. Okay, so obviously, as you know, well, this one isn't really a free agency one. I just felt like it was the biggest one. It was a trade, but uh, Antonio Brown's going to the Raiders. Yeah, Trey's pretty happy. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Uh, that was a big one. To be yeah, honest with you, um, not to like you know rain on your parade or anything, but I don't really understand why he's okay with going to the Raiders and not okay with going to Buffalo. I don't get that at all. The I mean, Raiders he, definitely have it more together than Buffalo does. Well, yeah, that's true, but he also said he's going to refuse to sign with anyone who's not a title contender. I would not put the Raiders in title contention whether they have Antonio Brown or not. Well, I think here's the way Antonio thinks, okay? All right. The Raiders The Raiders were willing to restructure his contract to get him more money that he wanted. So, obviously, he's going to be inclined to go somewhere that will do that. Two, they're moving to Vegas next year, which would be a much more attractive place to live than Buffalo or Oakland. Yeah, that'll be cool. And also, the Raiders are still making moves. They signed Trent Brown uh, to the to the richest offensive lineman contract in history, and he's only 25. Uh, they also signed uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who was the safety for the Rams, if you remember. Yeah. And they've still got three first-round draft picks and then two first-round draft picks next year. Future looks bright. I think he might see that in it. I, obviously, I don't know for sure. That's just my speculation. I think he just saw dollar signs. He probably would have seen dollar think, signs in Buffalo. I, I think that's about all it was, was dollars. I guess we'll see. I mean, he has sort of a, I guess a bromance you'd call it, with uh, Derek Carr. They became really good friends at the at the Pro Bowl a few years ago. And uh, they're 
you know, they've been going back and forth on Twitter and Instagram, and apparently they're pretty excited to play together. I'm sure Derek Carr's excited about it. <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr's never had anyone close to Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the best receiver he's ever played with is Amari Cooper, and Amari's yeah. not there no more. Yeah, and Amari is just, uh, Antonio's just another level. I think we can both agree oh, yeah. to that. Oh, yeah, Antonio Brown's a better player than Amari Cooper. I'll say that yeah. for sure. Okay, so uh, the next yeah. one that I have on my list is, uh, this one's pretty big. Uh, the Redskins made Landon Collins the highest paid safety in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would have paid that much for him. What, what do no, they pay him? like? very overpaid. Like, what, 16 a year? Yeah, 16 or 17. Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't, I can't warrant that for Landon Collins. I think he has too many coverage issues. I do to, think he's, I mean, I don't know. I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, but I don't know if he's worth that kind of money. I think he's though. one of the best if you use him the right way, but if you just put him in a pure, like just a pure defense, like like the definition of what an NFL defense should be, I don't think he's the best in coverage. I think he's amazing against the run, which is definitely one part of being a safety. But yeah. I don't know. I just go back and forth on him. I, I do think he's one of the better ones. But I think there are better ones than him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think so. Like, I think Earl Thomas probably should have warranted more money than Landon Collins has. Now, granted, Earl Thomas hasn't signed yet as of this recording, but it's looking like he's going to make significantly less than Landon Collins. You think he'll make less? Oh, yeah. I think he's going to make more. I doubt it. I, I I don't know. Just the reports that I've been looking at have been saying that uh, I think it was Dallas was offering somewhere offering him somewhere around eleven million a year. Dang, dude. That, but, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the injury said, concerns. He already said he wasn't going to give Dallas a hometown discount. He shouldn't. No, I don't. I don't think and, so and either. That, that's not just because I'm not the biggest Dallas fan. That's just because if you're a premier safety like Earl Thomas, go get yours. You know. Oh yeah, he's better than Landon. Yeah, you're a free agent. You know, just go. You have no strings attached. Go get yeah. all the money you can get. Same with C.J. Mosley, who signed today, or yesterday, or whenever it was. Um, he signed for like $17 million a year with the Jets, which is crazy. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. I think C.J. Mosley is one of the best middle linebackers in the country. But $17 million a year is a hefty price, man. It definitely is, and the Jets need that money to go elsewhere. Where else would where Like, where where is it going to go? They need tons of players. What do you mean? The Jets are not very good. I mean, the quarterbacks. Yeah, not very I th- good. I think Sam Darnold's pretty good. Um, I think they need a better uh, run game, obviously. Their O-line's not very good. Sam Darnold's running for his life all the time. Yeah, dude, uh, here's a report that I saw today. So, obviously, the Jets are in the running for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. They were also in the running for the center from the Broncos, Matt Paradis. You, you've heard of him, right? Yeah. He's like an all-pro. He's amazing. Okay. So, apparently, they were waiting on Le'Veon for so long today, who, by the way, still hasn't signed as of this recording, but they were waiting on him all day to see what he was going to do, and they were also engaged with Matt Paradis at the same time. Well, they wouldn't commit to the money that Matt Paradis wanted because they wanted to make sure they had that money saved for Le'Veon. So, Matt Paradis walked because he's like, I can get this money elsewhere and I don't have to wait. So, he went to Carolina. So they missed out on a premier all-pro center because they're waiting on Le'Veon Bell. 
which I have no idea where he's going to sign. I already said the Colts, but I saw a report saying that uh, the Colts are no longer interested. So Yeah, I saw that too. To, uh, from everything I've seen, it's uh, it's the Jets and the Ravens, maybe the Bills, and then well, I've heard a little bit about the Raiders, but that could just be hype because Antonio Brown's there. Yeah. so I've seen a lot about the Ravens. I still think it's probably going to be the Jets. Uh, See, that's what I'm saying. They need a run game. But behind what line now? Yeah, that's true, too. Okay, so uh, moving on the list, the next two are both safeties, which um, this next one I think is really big. Uh, Ty Matthew uh, signing with the Chiefs. I think that's a really big signing for a team that's already been um, – they're probably going to make it back to the AFC Championship, I would say, and their defense is their problem. That's I would say that's probably why they didn't beat the Patriots this past year. So, obviously, offense isn't a problem. Well, my take on that is what are they going to do with Eric Berry? Because now they're paying like $32 million a year between both their safeties, and a lot of people seem to think that Eric Berry might be the odd man out because of this. Yeah, I think that's uh, – uh... I mean, it would be crazy if they had Eric Berry and Ty Matthew in the back like that, but I just don't I was... know if that's going to happen. How much more does uh, Eric Berry have on his contract? I really don't know. Well – I don't know. I mean, he's already 30 years old. They might be looking to get um to I mean, plus injury concerns. Him. Yeah, absolutely. Um next up, this one, we've already talked about it uh last week's episode. I called it uh Nick Foles to the Jags. Yeah, now it's officially official and he's making 22 million a year overpaid. Oh, I mean, he's absolutely overpaid, but that's just what happens when you have <laughs> people like Aaron Rodgers who come in and break the the system, you know? Oh, yeah. Getting like 33 a year or whatever he's getting. Yeah. So this one right here, I don't think really is a huge impact move either, but I think it is really, really cool uh, for him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's going back to the Eagles. Yeah, I think Deshaun played his best ball for Philadelphia. And he didn't play bad last year with the Bucks, especially when Fitzpatrick was going off. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what he can do with Carson Wentz because I think Deshaun Jackson was built to play football for Philadelphia, so I hope he retires there. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he will. Um, all right, this one, I don't think this one's a big move either. He's getting pretty old, but uh, Terrell Suggs signed with the Cardinals. Well, I would say, in a weird way, it is a big move. Not for Terrell Suggs, not for the Cardinals necessarily because he's on a one-year deal. And he is getting older. But the fact that they're taking an outside linebacker right there, for Terrell Suggs, I mean. Now, why why would Arizona take an outside linebacker and then go draft another outside linebacker first overall? I get it. You want him to learn behind Terrell Suggs. But who are you going to bench in that case? You think Terrell Suggs is going to sit behind Nick Bosa or vice versa? No. no. To me, that's signaling, hey, they're in on Kyler, you know? Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but that's a good point. I mean, I think, I yeah, I would say, I mean, I've kind of thought for a while that Kyler's going to go to the Cardinals. I think he's the number one pick. I don't think he should be, but I think he is. Yeah, I've heard conflicting reports, but this is the, the biggest confirmation that I've seen, and it's yeah. just kind of sliding under the radar, but I that's, to me, they're saying, we're in on Kyler, we'll sure up the outside of our defense somewhere else, you know? Yeah, well, Cliff Kingsbury already said he wants Kyler bad. 
And I'm sure he does, and that's the luxury of having the number one pick is there's not much anyone else can do about it, you know? Yeah. So um, the last one that I have written down was the Jets signing Anthony Barr, but here very, very recently, like within the past <laughs> hour, he has changed his mind, and he decided he's going to stay with the uh, Vikings. Ain't that crazy, man. I mean, he apparently from what I saw, he woke up this morning and he saw the news saying Anthony Barr is going to the Jets. And he said it made him sick. And he's like, I just can't do this. So so he just went back to Minnesota. He's taking he's taking uh he was on a deal for the Jets, I think, for fifteen million a year. And he's mm-hmm. going back to the Vikings for thirteen and a half a year. So he's taking a pretty significant cut, you know, to stay in Minnesota. But but like we discussed, I think it was on the first episode, these players have to live somewhere, you know, and he's mm-hmm. kind of built up his life in Minneapolis. So I can imagine it would be a, a big culture shock to go straight to New York from there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to go play for the Jets either. Well, not exactly my point, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I I think, uh, I know we talked about this in the first episode too, and I wanted to get back to it. And now that the AAF is halfway through their inaugural season, I figured it'd be a good time to bring it up again. Yeah, sure. So... Uh, we talked about this privately about, you know, what players do you think might make it to the NFL or back to the NFL? Yeah. And we both picked some people that, you know, we might have a case for. So, uh, Andrew, you want to start us out? Uh, yeah, I can. So, um, I picked my first pick was Jaquan Gardner uh, for the San Diego Fleet. He's a receiver. Um, he's, excuse me, not a receiver, he's a running back. He's got right. two hundred. He's got two hundred ninety yards. Leads the league in rushing, five point five yards per carry and three touchdowns. He's really good. He's really elusive, and he's been a really, really great asset for the fleet. Yeah, I think he was one of those. I don't think he started at the beginning of the season. No, he didn't. Yeah, and then he just kind of exploded in like week two or three. He's just yeah. been uh, carrying from then. The fleet have looked really good recently with that offense running behind him. So I could see it. Yeah, now but, he's leading the AAF in rushing, which is, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome for him. So, uh, my pick, or one of my picks anyway, was Terrence Garvin, who plays for the Orlando Apollos. He used to be in the NFL. I think he played for the Steelers. Uh, and he's been tearing it up this year. I mean, especially for a linebacker. He's got 14 total tackles and 13 solo. But, you know, through week five, it's like, okay, that's all right for a linebacker. But he's also got three interceptions, which leads the league. And he's a linebacker, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and look, listen, this is the AAF. There's been a lot of interceptions thrown. So to have a linebacker lead the league in that, that's pretty neat, you know? Yeah, it is. So I think he might have a chance to get to get back to where he was, at least get another shot in the NFL. Don't know how long it'll last, but I think he might get it. Yeah. Um, my next pick, I want to. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Um, Mikhail McKay. I yeah, hope I think, I'm that, pronouncing I think that's right. how it's pronounced. Yeah. So he is a receiver. I got it right that time. A receiver for the San Antonio Commanders. He's got 18 receptions, 317 yards, and two touchdowns. This guy is lightning fast. He's a great receiver, and I could definitely see him making it back to the league. Was he in the league before? Uh, yeah, he was in the league before. I'm not sure what team. He played for. Yeah, well, same on my next pick. I don't know. Um, I don't know if if this guy was in the league before, 
but his name sounds familiar. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But my next pick is uh, Carter Schultz for the Salt Lake Stallions. He is a defensive lineman, and this man is insane. He's got 18 total tackles, 17 of those are solo, and he's got five sacks on the year, which is first in the league. Uh, this man's been tearing up offensive lines across across the AAF this year. And I think if anyone deserves a shot right now on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think anyone comes close to Carter Schultz right now. Yeah. Um, so going back, I was going to say, you asked me if uh, Mikhail McCabe was in the NFL. Yeah, he played for the Cowboys. Uh, he played college ball at Arkansas. I mean, this man's 6'6", 194 pounds. Hey, I mean, that's a, I don't, that's a big I don't man. understand. I don't even understand how he fell out of the NFL, but I, I really think that he can make it back. Uh, yeah, and looking it up here, Carter Schultz used to play for the Browns. So, so all four of the people we picked today were former NFL players, which makes sense as they're they are the standouts for their respective teams. But I think it just goes to show that a league like this is good. Like there's a good motive behind it. Yeah, because it absolutely. could potentially help these people, you know, revitalize their dreams and play in the NFL again, and that's. That's ultimately, it's a good thing. And ultimately, if we can get better talent in the NFL, then the AAF is a success. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. I mean, it's always better to have better talent in the NFL. Of course. Of course. Well, I think we've had a pretty productive episode, man. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> um. Well, I just had some bomb hummus. We can talk about that. <laughs> you say hummus? Yeah, some bomb hummus, dude. It was good. Dude, I can't think of hummus anymore without thinking of, uh, you know that Adam Sandler movie, uh, You Don't Mess With the Zohan? That movie is garbage, dude. <laughs> it's, like, garbage in a good way. It's like no, most I, of Adam Sandler's films. I think uh, 12-year-old me thought it was funny. Dude, any year old me thinks that old Adam Sandler is funny. Yeah, like, old Adam Sandler is funny. That's not old Adam Sandler. That's, like... That was made in like 2003. Hour. What are you talking about? No, it was not. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up. I I cannot stand to have Adam Sandler blasphemed on my podcast. Okay, you're about to be embarrassed because I know for a fact that movie wasn't made in 2003. It's 2008. Yeah, exactly. Still, I would say most of his movies prior to 2008 were still pretty good. Um. Okay, look, you have the classics like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, and then you have incredible his- movies. Oh, absolutely. I could watch those every day. They're yeah, like those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, you have the Waterboy, incredible. Little Nicky, which is kind of garbage, but in a good way, but it came out around it, it's one of those. It's one of those movies that, like, when you describe it to someone, you got to be honest. And you're like, yeah, no, the movie sucks, but it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's, you're going to laugh. Like, it's so dumb that it's funny. And, like, everyone knows a movie like that. Like, it's so yeah, dumb. For those of funny. you that haven't seen Little Nicky, Adam Sandler is the devil's son. And it's probably one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and then he like goes to Earth, and yeah, I didn't even know about it until like two months ago, and I'm ashamed to say that, but I saw it and I just could not stop laughing. Uh, I saw that movie a really long time ago, and then I haven't I haven't seen it in forever. But I remember the first time I watched it, I was probably around the time that Zohan came out. It was probably around that time because I did go through a while where I thought like Adam Sandler was like the funniest guy on earth. Oh, I'm still there, man. I would watch like all his movies. I but, am still uh, there. I love Adam Sandler so much. No, Will Ferrell's you, my favorite. Have you seen uh Have you seen Adam Sandler stand up special on Netflix? 
No, I haven't, but I've heard it's pretty good. Oh, it's hilarious. I think you'd love it. Um, I mean, it's like, it's stand-up, I mean, obviously. Still have it? Oh, he's got it. Yeah. I don't know. His movies don't got it. I didn't say his movies still got it, but his stand-up still got it. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of stand-up you like, but he throws in a lot of, like, little songs that he writes, and he's got, yeah. like, a backup piano player there and everything. So it's but a lot I, like his SNL stuff. Yeah, and it's actually, like, do you like the Hanukkah song? Yeah, the Hanukkah song's funny. Yeah, then I feel like you'd like, you know. Okay, so it's really similar to his old, old stuff. I wouldn't say really similar because he's got some newer influences, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's funnier than Kevin Hart right now. Dude, it's definitely worth checking out. And, look, I have my own comics that I like, you know, like, my favorites are, like, Tom Segura and and Burt Kreischer. Uh, But I don't think Kevin Hart's bad. They're just, he's so much different than my favorites, you know what I mean? You just, you have, I've talked about this before, you had something against what's mainstream. No, I don't, I I don't, I I like Kevin Hart. That's not the problem. I just, I like other guys better. Like, that's. I've seen Burt Kreischer before. I think he's okay. I don't think Tom Segura's that funny, though. And that's all right as well. I mean, different opinions. Um, I like Bill Burr. Bill Burr is good. Bill Burr, I don't really like his stand-up, but I like it. I don't. This is weird, but I like, like he went on Joe Rogan not that long ago, and I thought he was really funny on Joe Rogan. But you don't like his stand-up then? But I don't really like his stand-up. I don't know why. I don't think it's that funny. I think he's like, he. I don't know. He, he's just weird. I don't think he's that funny. I used to be that way, you know, listening to Bill Burr and his, uh, his skits and stuff like that, but I don't know, just something changed. He's hilarious, like, in interviews and, like, when he goes on, like, those uh, night shows, like, Jimmy Fallon and stuff like that. Like, he's hilarious on those. And then the Joe Rogan, I've seen him on there a couple times, and he's really funny on that. Just, I don't watch his stand-up. And that's fine. To each their own. Um, We didn't even talk about my hummus. What what about your hummus? Do you like hummus? Uh, I love hummus. The hummus is one of my favorite snacks. Ah, Triscuits and I mean, hummus. Oh, it's so good. And everyone's like, oh, that's gross. Every, everyone thinks that's disgusting, but, you know, most people haven't even tried it. So I want to challenge everyone that's listening right now, go get you a thing of hummus. My roommate has some in the fridge, and it's been there for days, and I'm just thinking, like... What flavors he got? Uh, I think he just has the regular, but... He, hey, regular's good. I go I taco-inspired. Hummus is not my thing, necessarily. It's been a while since I've had any, but... It's the texture for a lot of people. No, it's not the texture. It's just really strong, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I love it. I don't know why. I used to not like it, but then, I don't know, now I can... Like, this is embarrassing to say, but, dude, I could eat it with a spoon. Yeah, that's uh, that's it's a little delicious. embarrassing to hear. No, I don't really care. It's delicious. All right, I think we're actually going to wrap this up this time. Uh, I think it was another good episode for us. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, you could follow us on Instagram at Couch Takes and then on Twitter at Couch underscore Takes. And, uh, Andrew, you got anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, just thank you so much for listening again. Um, be looking out for the next episode, and God bless.